0: And hello movie lovers and welcome to the show. With me tonight, I have very special guest with me. I have of course Beth back on again for me with me and she's from the Made for Movie TV podcast. Hello to everyone, Beth.
1: Hi everybody.
0: And of course, I have the casting crew here from Punch Dr- Drunk and of course, this is one of mine and Beth's favorite movies that we actually got a chance to review from the Holly Short's Fi- short film festival. It was supposed to get nominated for uh, several awards and stuff like that, and it's just an honor and privilege to be able to have you guys on the show, taking the time out of your night to be able to talk about your movie and things like that. Beth and I instantly fell in love with this film from the very beginning, all the way until the very end of this film. We wanted to see more, to be honest with you. We were hungry for more. So, you know, for a short film to be able to make us hungry for more, you guys seated on that. Well, thank you.
2: That's You're a good very thing. welcome.
0: Yes, always a good thing. And, you know, my question for you, though, Carrie, just opening up the floodgates a little bit, is this, when it comes down to uh, basically just being a cinematographer and things like that, was that like the hardest thing to try and pick out how to do the bar, how to get certain things prepped and ready, and also to locations and things? Where did you guys find a way to make the lighting, uh, make it look like a bar setting and all that stuff? So it was
3: an actual bar. Um, It's a super dive bar in uh, Los Angeles. Very divey. It has carpet. Um, (laughs) So it started out with a bar setting, but we shot everything during the day and obviously it's supposed to take place at night. So we had to start with just blacking everything out and kind of building up from there, bringing in practical lights. We brought in all of the LEDs along the bar. We brought in the lights. Um, you see where it's like far light and all of that in order to just bring in those added elements. And then I just accentuated from there with my own lighting to get us the exposure and the depth on, um, on all the characters. The hard one was, uh, and I keep ending up back in these, it's the bathroom. (laughs) It was a six by six. I think that's right. It was, it was about a six by six bathroom that um me and Danielle got very comfortable in <laughs> <laughs> for a day. Um but because it was so small and because we were seeing almost 360 in there, it was difficult to actually light. So we popped out one of the um we had like the I don't even know the square ceiling panels and we popped out one of the ceiling panels and stuck a light mat, um, led in there and then just skirted it off the wall and then had, um, bounce to just kind of move around as we moved around. But because it was such a small space, we really didn't have a lot of options. And we just really leaned into the fact that the bathroom itself was supposed to be this gritty, gross, awful place. And we like, we lit it like that. Whereas the bar is supposed to be a little bit warmer, a little bit more inviting in ways, but still has some dark conflict it. in it, which is right. why we lit that warmer and leaned into that aspect of it. I think that answers your question.
0: Yeah, it really does. <laughs> um, Beth, is there anything that you wanted to ask in particular as well?
1: Well, I was wondering, so when, when, when the movie first starts out, we see Nora's purse, we see... Um, her hands and she's looking at her phone and she there's a shot of the urinal. And then of course the toilet as she's flushing with the blood. And, and then when they, we finally kind of get a glimpse of her face, we really see what we really see is Nora bracing and her hands. And, and I, th- I thought that was sort of an interesting choice at the very beginning. I thought it worked really, really well, but I'm wondering like, why? Why? Like why do why do it that way? I just I, I thought it was really interesting and effective.
2: Thank you. Um, so I originally scripted it. I really wanted to put the audience in Nora's point of view from the moment that we opened, and so by having her be you, the audience, by having it shot in a way where it's looking down, you're her eye line. You move along with her until she looks in the mirror, and then from that point, we see her. And then we follow her. And so to me, it was a way of bringing in both genders and all genders of our audience and really throwing them into her experience.
1: I, is that also why? Um, so when you're when she's in the bar and you're seeing the um, her customers, you're almost kind of viewing it, it from her point of view. Is that was that intentional? Because you're just seeing sort of like what she's seeing you never really see anybody below the bar or anything like that, except for the, the group that's sitting, but you can only, so you you get the feeling you're only seeing what Nora is seeing in in most of that bar scene. It was that intentional?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Carrie and I collaborated together on that shot list from the very beginning to really throw you into that experience. And I have to say that, Oh, we're going to have a, a cat join us. <laughs> <laughs>
1: my dog was here he left already <laughs> <laughs> it's perfectly but, fine <laughs> yeah
2: it was, it was a big collaboration for sure with all parties involved but we absolutely wanted it to stay point of view throughout the journey
1: yeah i thought that was that was really effective and the lighting but so when you guys sat down to write the movie did you how did you decide like what customers you were going to show and 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 what parts of Nora's trauma you were going to show because there's a lot of trauma in this film in a very short period of time. She, she's really having a, a, a day, you know, and you really fe- feel that, but all these other characters cus- come in, the customers come in and, and they all kind of make a mark on, on the movie. They all stand out for what little time they're on the screen. I think they do. They're, so I was just wondering, like, how you guys decided who you were going to add as, as characters?
4: Uh, so when this experience is in lived in, in real life, um, it's you're not just experiencing all that we see in this film in one night. Reality is it's days, weeks and months. It's a big section of your life. And so we found that it was important that we incorporated a lot of what Nora's character would experience on any given day and try to bring as much of that and tether it down into one night as best we could. So I think we started out with probably like eight or nine different character types. Like this is an experience I once had and this is a person I once talked to. And oh my gosh, someone once asked me this and didn't even have it. And this was a funny interaction here and this was a harsher interaction there. And we wanted to bring them into uh, very uh, tactile characters that you could remember and uh, really feel what Nora's feeling when she interacts with them.
2: And I think each one serves a purpose for how that impacts her dramatically, starting with the safest person. Um, so we did start with lots of different characters. At one point, I think we had a character who was a pregnant woman, um, and her husband was kind of harassing, but in a very casual, normal, dive bar kind of way. The bartender, when she wasn't looking and then she saw it. There were a couple different versions of this that we went through and we landed on keeping these characters as progressively getting more dangerous. So we started with her boyfriend, her partner, who's there to be her support system. And then him leaving and really throwing us into her point of view. And then we bring in um, the first gentleman who sits down is the older gentleman and he's a regular, he's a little gruff around the edges, but he's still, you know, he's safe.
4: He's familiar. He's
2: familiar. And then we bring in the bar rat who's also a regular, but he's someone who, he's unempathetic to her experience. So he's the first like mark we have of, oh, being female, that's gross. Why would you talk about that? And so she kind of pokes back at him. She's still in a place of-
4: Learning who he is in a way. And
2: being of. able to make light of that situation until so we get to this place of trigger later in the evening with the group of drunk kids. And that was the, the turning point.
0: And the thing that I really liked about uh, when you were playing Nora, Danielle, was the fact that when the camera zoomed in on you, it's kind of like you're doing, talking to us, the audience, and explaining what she's going through on this everyday basis of her going through this cancer that she, that's inside of her and things like that. I want to say I really appreciated the performance that you gave with that. And what kind of deep dive did you have to go into playing a character like that? And also, too, What when you're and also too Emily when you're shooting something like that was that kind of difficult to actually follow her and trying to do like a breaking the fourth wall kind of barrier trying to explain to the audience what's going on with her but she's actually explaining what's going on with her.
2: Yeah, Danielle, do you wanna?
5: Yeah, I'll start. I would have to say a lot of the backstory that I worked on was essentially through Emily because this was her you know, her story, her, you know, things that have happened to her. And I'd have to say the the moment that all of the work that we had done prior talking about every scenario, the moments, the thoughts behind each moment and what that meant to her, then therefore meant to me and how I could be her vessel in that way was, there was this powerful moment that I, I'd love to share with you guys where, and it was me, Emily, and Carrie, and we were in the bathroom. And everything that we had kind of worked on and that they had planned and pre-pro, we were all standing there. And it was the moment where we were going to go deep into the scene where I was, I was being touched by that man. I was being, you know, inappropriately, essentially raped by that man in the bathroom. And I looked at both of them and... They both they both like felt and knew that they, like we had all kind of gone through something like that, whether it be as extreme as the bathroom scene or just in a, a graze of a hand of an inappropriate nature from a male, um, you know person in your life or at a club or something like that. Like I had looked at both of them. And we were about to dive into the scene and it was just this like compassionate moment where we all were like, we understand this. <laughs> we all have been through it, whether it's been, you know, five years, 10 years, 20 years ago or now, whatever that is, like I felt this like superpower, like this superwoman power of like, okay, okay we are not only just doing this for us three, like we're doing this to share with, you know, all the women and, and men and just people that have been, you know, raped or, or had had that line crossed with them. And it just was one of those moments where doing the work, doing all the research, diving into what that leap procedure meant, knowing that that's what Emily went through, trying to be that vessel. And then having that moment on set, I was like, whoa. And I'm kind of getting chills thinking about it, it, it you know, as, as gross as that bathroom was with so many layers of like, I don't <laughs> know, um, it was a really, um, it was a really special moment. And it made me really proud to be a part of the team and proud to be a part of the story because I knew that it wasn't about, I mean, yes, it's about this story and it's about Nora, but it's just about so much more than that. Right. So that was really fun.
1: But, uh, I, I I really loved I I shouldn't say loved the the thing that touched me about that particular scene is when you see sexual assaults in movies you always see like the woman is screaming and crying out and what I liked about it was is that that felt more authentic of of an experience that a woman would have or, or a man where you're 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 in the moment and you're not screaming because for many, many reasons, you know, you might be drunk or scared or any of those things. And so to me that felt really authentic and real and touching. And I just, it, it, it affected me so much. The whole movie did, but that scene in particular, because I think it's such a, it's a, it's a true way to, t- to tell a story. And so I'm wondering, Emily, if you think that, telling a story in the way that you, you did, or, or every, all of you guys is going to be a new way of telling the story of women on film because we don't see blood like that. We don't talk about those things and, and all those things that was done. And I thought it was really brave. And I just, I I'd like to see more storytelling like that. And do you, do you think that that now maybe with the me too movement that might happen
2: yeah. I mean, I absolutely hope so. I will say from script to screen, like the original, I looked at it recently and the original text is like, we see this, this, this it's written as a, as a shooting script and blood too much blood question mark. So like we're going through the process of her perspective. And I think, you know, I've been asked so much in in interviews and around with people have seen it like, Oh, you know, um, that was a lot of blood or like, I wonder if people are more offended by that than the assault or like all the, and you know, it's always so interesting to hear that because I feel like until people stop asking me why I'm doing something so confrontational that it needs to continue to happen. Um, And then speaking for the assault, we wanted to make sure that we were very intentional about what was shot. It was a conversation that I think started from the beginning with me and Joanna and with the script and then with me and Carrie with the shooting list And then on with me and Danielle and um, Kevin, the gentleman who played the assailant, of what they were both comfortable with. Um, And then a lot of that was shot to really slow down time. So we shot it in uh, 48 frames per second, which is slow motion um, for the majority of it to really throw you into that space. But I think I must have, and uh, Danielle or Joanna or Carrie, chime in, if you remember, but mentioned pretty early on that I didn't want it to feel like we were focusing on the sexual aspect of it, that I really wanted it to feel like we were focusing on these moments of trauma, the hand touching, the, the yeah. bruising. The, yeah,
1: the bruising. Those right. kind
2: of moments. But
3: yeah. Yeah, you always mentioned you wanted it to be about... What you feel in that moment, what you feel has nothing to do with the. I mean, has everything to do with the sexual part. But it's also, as you said, it's you feel that you're the hand getting grabbed, you you can feel yourself getting bruised. You can feel all of those little things, and that's what holds and like holds anchor. And so we focused on those moments in slow motion because those are the things that you're like your trying to zone out on anything else and that's what your brain's focusing on so we focused on what her brain would be focusing on um and we spent her a long time trying to figure out what that was
2: yeah yeah i'm
0: sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i i apologize go on ahead go on ahead Emily. I, I apologize for that go, go on ahead
2: it is its own kind of choreography and i do want to say that um, while we didn't hire an intimacy choreographed choreographer um, I did bring Kevin on as someone that I had personally lived with so he was a roommate of mine someone I felt safe and safe inflicting on another actor Um, and he also has a background in fight choreography as do I so it was a conversation also of breaking down what you know Mm -hmm. in quarter speed half speed full speed how these moments would happen um, which I think is really important when shooting those kinds of scenes that those are that it's not just a like Whimsical, go for it. And let's see what we can uncover because that could be emotionally dangerous.
0: That's that's very true. Because to me, the way you did it, you were able to capture the energy and that fearfulness of someone touching her arm or someone, you know, just going a little bit further than where they are supposed to go with somebody and stuff like that, and having that un- uncomfortable feeling of being touched. And I feel like if it was like cutscene, 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 and it been too cutty, too. Uh, to paper cut if you will but i feel like the way you did it you were able to grab the emotion of the character the way that it needed to be done and having that slow type of build-up to that i think it was actually perfect and needed for that i i do convince you on the directing on that part and then as for the blood and everything too i feel like it was needed i don't feel like because here's the thing there was something with cervical cancer and things like that, that needed to be told in that kind of context. It was not there for the sake of having blood or anything like that. It was there to set up a story and to be able to give you the context of the pain that Danielle was going through during that time, which is Nora and having that pain and her having to go through her phone and go through the symptoms and the PTSD and things like that. To me, that's what little things like that is good storytelling in my eyes. And to me, 99% of acting is just gazing at the camera with no dialogue and just looking at the expression on someone's face. That can tell you a lot from what what they're going through. And I just want to commend you on that level of directing because nowadays people don't pay attention to the little small detail. They actually want to go ahead and pull you on, hold your hand, and take you through there and try to explain everything rather than let the audience figure things out for themselves. And you're able. To, and here's the thing: audiences are smart. They're going to catch on to what the storytelling act is actually is. And I feel like you know your audience, and you capture what the audience is looking for. So I just want to say you did a commit. You did a great job with that.
2: Thank you. I will say Joanna can touch on this too. We had a pretty long conversation on what needed to be explained by how much in the in the editing process, and if people would pick up on it, and and who did or didn't. But I'll let her.
6: Okay. I mean, I think the the best short films are the ones that don't do too much in a short amount of time. And so I think what we were trying to convey is like the story is really just about Nora, um, a, sli- a moment in time. You know, a, a, this is a, a slice out of her life. And it's a story about it's not about harassment or anything more than that. It's, this is a normal person who's going through life. And uh, we, we wanted to, but at the same time, not normalize harassment on that, but normalize like talking about what people go through every day and cervical cancer and all that. So, you know, it's, what's been so great going back to the blood, we've gotten so much feedback from women who've seen this film, who've said to me that I'm so happy that you made it this way because, you know, we're sick of seeing things in the media where you normalize harassment, but some, for some reason, your period bleeding out is not normalized and we still can't talk about it and it's taboo. So it's just, a slice of her life. And then obviously the way you guys discussed the the harassment part was, you know, because it is in her head and you want to convey the emotion in her head. And we're not going to make light of that at the same time. But this life is funny. Life is dramatic. Life is emotional. And we wanted to be able to tell all of that in that short amount of time without being too much at the same time.
0: I have to say the payoff is definitely well done and everything on your part though too. I just want to say that to you, Joanne. I think that you guys did a great job of collaborating with each other to say, hey, look, I don't want to have over amount of blood usage or anything like that, but we still need to keep the context of the way it needs to be told in the way that it needs to be. And to be honest with you, I don't understand why guys are afraid of blood and everything when it comes from <laughs> women and stuff like that. I really don't get it. I'm, I'm, And we all bleed and stuff like that. It doesn't bother me at all. To do that, And I even said this in the review. I said, I'll pick up tampons for my fiance or whatever. I don't care. If you're in pain, if you need this, I'm going to do it for you. I don't care. Period blood, nothing like that affects me at all. So I don't understand how the media has to go ahead and sugarcoat it and say, you can't do this. You can't do that. You're a woman. You're able, you should be able to voice your opinions. You should be able to have a, to where you do things. That's, that's just my thought process on it. <laughs>
6: Well, it's fine that people can beat each other, men can beat each other up and show that you know like like a UFC fight or something. But you know, this is what happens to us like every once a month.
3: You know? Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. There's a lot of blood all over our media landscape. There's a lot of showing of uh, of gore. There's a lot of showing of body functions except certain ones we don't like to talk about. We we don't include uh, at a conversation with the family when we're grown up. Sometimes we don't see it. In our daily lives, we, are, we don't talk about it. We use coded language to uh, sell products to women. And, um, <laughs> and conversations tend to be shielded or have been historically. Um, they don't often, our society seems to give us a chance to come to know humanity on humanity's terms. And um, I think it's films like this and many others that are hopefully turning the page on that.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I hope so because it was interesting. Like, I was like oh, that, that's me. That's, that's, that's all of us. You know, why, why aren't we talking about this? Why haven't we talked about this? You know, how is it we get to, you know, 2021 and we've, you know, been through so many things and nobody's talking about having their period. That doesn't make a lot of sense, you know? And, And so that's why I thought this film was really brave. And I, and I really do hope it opens doors for, for conversation so that we can, have this sort of slice of life reality that is is not talked about on film and it's interesting to me that it's not but um so I I actually wanted to ask Danielle so it kind of at the beginning when Nora's talking to her boyfriend she's 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 happy and it feels like like a happy moment but then she's also feeling so much trauma I mean this day I mean and you can see it like Her her literal trauma is coming out of her and she's shaking and bracing herself. And how did you how did you prepare for a role like this? Because it it digs deep. Uh, What was so interesting about preparing for something like that
5: was that we not only I mean we shot not in sequence, but we shot in like certain things and certain things happened and then I was like I think I think what's most concerning or like the, the thing that I actually like for me I needed to focus on was really like I had a I have a binder and I had like the whole script in there and like you know had it all sectioned out and then what I would do is I would have you know uh, figure out okay on the day what is what are we shooting and then I would have to process like how far into her pain she was and then mm-hmm. like you know okay well a lot of times, like you were saying, you know, at the beginning, everything's a little lighter. She's kind of like, you know, holding it, keeping it together. But again, that kind of relates to women in general. Like we, we, we bleed once a month and yeah. we have cramps and terrible pains and, and like migraines and all these things that happen to us because we are, we shedding our, you know, our internal, yeah. <laughs> you know, one of our precious internal organs. And it's a beautiful ceremonial thing, if you, if you will. Um, but it's also like we talked about no, but like the, you know, keeping it down and internalizing it, um, was something that I was trying to play with as well, because there are times when I'll be in like deep pain and then something great happens, or I connect with someone and then I kind of forget that I'm like, you know, having, having my, having, you know, period. And then, and then the moment I think about it again, it kind of like creeps back in. So, trying to prepare for, you know, the journey of what that looked like for her, along with the PTSD of the trauma that, you know, was kind of hand in hand with what she was dealing with, you know, throughout that night. Um, it was like, you know, I walked away every night and I was like, did I do that? Did I, did, I, did I execute it? You know, enough to be clear throughout the edit. Cause at the end of the day, as an actor, you just want to be good for the editor for the director, of course, on the days, and you want to give them everything that they're asking for. But then when the director sits with the editor, you want to give, you want to make sure that like, you know, uh, continuity is correct. You know, making sure I'm grabbing the right rag and then it's over the right shoulder the whole time and grabbing the, you know, the beer cup at the same time that I say the line and land it right on the bar. And then, you know, you can mess around a little bit, but, you know, specifically with short films, I have to say, like, there's really not much time to be like a, like a, you know, I know I heard that like Rob Lowe, he's so good at everything. Cause he just like hits, he does the same thing every time, every time. And then like, it's so good for the editors to work on, but then there's other actors that like do a take and do like five different ways. Right. So there's a fine line with short films, because you don't have a lot of time to do that. And and when you do that, you're kind of messing with the other scenes you shot before what you're shooting after, because then you're like, well, which take are they going to use? And then you got to figure out what laces it through from a physical perspective. So like, there was a lot of movement that Nora had you know, and Cliff had particularly at that first scene. And it was, you know, a lot of props, a lot of movement coming from the bathroom, grabbing the, you know, the bottle, doing a shot, giving me the, you know, giving me the, the pain pills and like having that little kiss intimate moment of like, oh, they are together. What a reveal. And then having him leave, like what, what does that emotionally do to her? And it was tough. I mean, trying to get that. And then also, you know, the steady cam and getting all the movements with, you know, all, all that timed out and Having the lighting looks so amazing, like Carrie, all just setting it up like magic. And, you know, it, it really does take uh, a lot of technical prep from that perspective. And then you just kind of hope that all the prep you did before, you just kind of like give it up and hope that that just kind of also unfolds from a character perspective as well, like with, you know, Emily directing and saying, okay, giving me the notes and then being able to implement them. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it's like you build it and then you're just like, okay, let's live in it and see what happens. (laughs) Yeah. How
1: many, how many days was filming? Um, Yeah. Oh, you're kidding. Oh my goodness. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You know, keeping
5: continuity of like makeup and hair and like, you know, the moments that happened and like preparing with everybody on the team, it was, it was a doozy. But again, like. That's what short films are. Like we're, you know, you just go hard. You know, you black out, and then you're like, did it happen? <laughs> 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 That's okay. I will say it was
2: really easy being in the edit room with uh, Erica, our editor, and she looked at the dailies. Griner. Erica Gruner, very talented editor, um, and I love that our team is predominantly female as well. If you like look down the list, and people will say, "Oh, your editor, how did he?" and I'm like, mm, she. Um, but she was looking at the dailies and I looked at the dailies and it was just like everything I remembered it to be and more. And it was the continuity was solid. The journey was solid and just watching Danielle do in that steady cam, that thing that women are forced to do where you go from being this raw, broken, okay, let me like pull my shit together in the bathroom. And that second the door opens and the steady cam follows her out. It's that pulling it together for the job. And it really, it was beautiful to watch. And Carrie and I had some fun in like another bathroom on the side of this grungy dive bar trying to watch the monitor and like too many cell phones. and It's cutting in and out. And I just had to rely on our Steadicam up, and knowing that Danielle was really good and going to get it right. And that was like the amount of time we had with the Steadicam because it was a two day shoot and it both takes for great.
4: They're trusted.
2: So <laughs> wow. you're lucky when your team is strong.
1: Yeah. Now, let me ask you, Emily, um, except for when when Nora comes out of the bathroom to go into the bar, there's some brief background music. But otherwise, the film is void of music, which I thought added to this darkness of the film. So I'm curious, like what made you decide? Was it because of that? that like, why did you decide no music except for that short amount of music?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So for me, sound is really important. Important. Um, I come from a post background, so a lot of like sound and color and pacing are like, they're equally as important to the directorial side for me as capturing your actor on set as getting that lighting correct is getting those beats, and getting that pacing and getting that emotional state. And so we went through and we locked our edit and we I talked with my sound designer, um, and we're very, very, very fortunate that we pulled some favors with a very talented gentleman, uh, Paul Stoughton, who uh, mixed and did that whole soundscape and he and I sat down for probably an hour and a half over Zoom Um, and I went beat by beat and I said this is what she's feeling here and then this is how she feels here and this is how it moves and I want it to feel like the world is kind of coming in on her and I want to feel all of those and we caught we got a lot of it on set with Foley and he got a lot in post of the sounds of the bar and when it's safe and when it's dangerous and the sounds of how a bottle opener or something falling can Kind of create its own music and create its own feeling, um, and we went through a couple rounds of notes, but not many, and it was just a really beautiful, wonderful experience that I lived with headphones um, in a remote Zoom world, and then heard for the first time the mix at Holly Shorts, the first time we heard the five one. Oh and wow! Hell yeah! I'm glad I I'm glad Paul knows what he's doing. <laughs>
6: yeah. I will say this though. Um, Emily comes from a post supervisor background and hands down the, the director with the most specific sound design notes I've ever yes. seen in my life, <laughs> like literally second by second. Like she had like, l- you know, this, the ringing noise and this like, like, wow. Like, so that played definitely the sound was a big part of the film for sure. Wow.
4: Detailed yeah. I mean, emails. it was.
1: You, Cause you can hear it like, right, like right from the very beginning, you get the breathing. Nora's breathing which sort of sets the the tone but it is very sound filled and I and I like that even when she's like po- um the bar rat and she has the straw and she's poking him and saying tampon tampon like you can hear it like the the poking I I thought that was really effective and I and so I like that there wasn't a lot of music or other noise cuz because really I mean you're just sitting in this day of trauma with Nora and um and so I, I liked that starkness about it. I thought that was really, really effective. Um, and another thing that affected me was that was when she's in the bathroom, I think it's the second time where she, um, is really stuck. She's literally has nothing to use when she's bleeding. And, and it just sort of felt to me, um, a symbol of, of where she sort of felt that, at least that day, because we don't know anything about more than what we see in in the the film, but she's literally stuck. And here she is in the bathroom stuck. Like she doesn't know what to to do, like what's she going to use now because she has this sort of bleeding out. But the other thing I really liked was when she when the boyfriend gave her that bottle of ibuprofen. I just thought that was so sweet and, and lovely, like, Like I I felt like she felt a little bit of hope or something, you know, and I think I noticed it more after I saw it the first time because the first time I didn't know what to expect. I didn't, you know, but then you, uh, so much is happening. So I'm, I'm curious also, Emily, like the, so the group of people and they're really drunk that, that gal who plays the drunk girl, she's so good. Her eyes are rolling. I, I was like, Oh my gosh, she really just, seemed so drunk and i felt for nora like she felt terrified like what's gonna happen here and i that to me that was such a scary that was the scariest moment actually for me of the whole film like oh is what's gonna happen now is nora gonna have to make a decision what is she gonna do and then there's like full relief on her face when the the men kiss and we realize that she's not in danger or at least not right there, but having been a drunk girl in a bar before it, it, it scared me, Uh, you know? And I, and I think that's another thing that this film does. It's like, you're really, I mean, I saw so much of myself in this film and I think that's, what's really talks, what's, what's going to speak to women if, when they see it.
0: I definitely agree with you uh, on that as well. I'm sorry. I ran into some tech issues uh, and stuff like that on my end, but you know, that is one of the things I have to say is the most fearful thing is the fact that you see this girl getting hit on at the bar. You see her kind of tipsy and everything. You don't know what to expect, but seeing the relief off of Nora, knowing that nothing bad is going to happen to her because of the fact those guys are not even into her to begin with, because they're actually into each other rather than her. So I think that played off the narrative very well. And I like the sense of the fact that it's a sense of relief for her. She's like, okay, I don't have, I'm already hurting bad as is. So I don't have to interfere with that now. So therefore I can suffer when I'm going through, I can relax a little bit, do my job, finish up the night without having to worry about that. I thought that was a perfect way of actually giving the character a little bit of relief and being able to carry on throughout the night. So I thought that that actually described the character of who Nora is and making sure that the people that she has at the bar is the people that she cares about the most. And that is something that I really love seeing from a bartender's perspective because I've never seen it from a bartender's uh, perspective in that kind of way before. And I thought that was just captivating for me.
2: Thank you. The girl who mm-hmm. plays the drunk girl at the bar, her name is Katie Baker. Um, she was brought to me by Danielle. They were in an acting class together, and she is really like a two take wonder. We had a bunch of people around, and we were kind of running out of daylight or bar time or whatnot. And, I was, and she asked, you know, a couple actor questions. I answered them. We got one take. I gave her minor adjustments, and I was like, all right, we got it. And I think Carrie or someone looked at me and they're like, are, are you sure we got it? Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> We're solid and, and we did. We had a lot to pull from. Um, we shot that both again at regular speed and at half speed. Um, had yeah. that kind of disorienting feeling about it. And this gentleman almost also makes a cameo at the bar. I don't know if you <laughs> recognized his face. Um, but yeah, it was again, very lucky to have talented actors to work with.
4: Yeah, her and uh, she worked and leaned on a lot of Eric Lee Stroy it Was were amazing to work with, especially for what we asked of them in that sort of you know pivotal moment. Um, and we were very happy. Obviously, their efforts were very amazing.
5: Yeah, big shout out to Katie Baker. She's one of my
1: faves, and uh, she's a fabulous actor. And I'm glad that she was able to join the team. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she 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 really made an impact. Because like when her eyes rolled, I was I was like, I just I forgot I was watching a movie, and I just felt like real fear there for a minute. Like she she really did a great job for. You know the time she was on the screen; she just really captured it. And I do think I remember seeing you. Now that I, I'll have to look oh. at it again. But I now, since you said that, Emily, I think I do remember seeing him there now. Oh, I think we almost hiding a plain sight. We had a cameo or two. <laughs> oh, okay. <That's> nice. So <laughs> <laughs> I think we lost John again. So I was going to see yeah, he's having some real te- technical stuff tonight. Oh, so, yeah, right. Yeah. So let me uh, uh, let me ask you guys a question we can like maybe go around. Um so when <clears throat> when you guys were all deciding what you wanted to do or as a group collectively, how how did you want Nora to be portray- portrayed?
2: I'm going to let Danielle start on that one because that's oh. a character work. <laughs>
5: <laughs> um wow well working I guess backwards because <laughs> they um they cast me to play you know Nora I'd have to say oh man I mean
2: I'll buy you a little time if you want yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs>
5: and, Like your perception of this question yeah. then <laughs>
2: so oh, I will yeah. say from the get-go, people pointed out, I'm very flattered by this that they think Danielle looks like end quote a prettier version of you. And I was like, ouch, but also fair, <laughs> and also thank you, oh my god. <laughs> Danielle is you if you were a model, and I'm like, oh, well, should we have similar-ish features like whatever? But um, no, in in essence, like Nora being a bartender gives her the ability to be someone who can pull her shit together, someone who's strong, someone who can hang with the guys and is able to be brash and jokey and, and really highlighting her humor and her perseverance and her strength were really important to me as she's going through this trauma because there's so much coming at her and happening to her both internally and externally that watching her navigate that and be a badass was while also being very human and seeing her ability to be vulnerable and to break in those, in those intimate scenes in the bathroom. Were really important.
4: Yeah. We had conversations about we, uh, Emma, uh, Emily and I've had conversations where uh, your mom's a nurse start medicalizing, like things like that we've incorporated yeah. because we wanted authenticity to be a running theme, not just in the crucial elements, but in the minute and the nuance um, it, it was a real fortunate sort of activity to sort of bring back and bring dialogue from our day-to-day lives into this. And one element was yes. Uh, where we, put this individual if we put this individual directly in your day with the same names faces and jobs maybe we need to put this maybe in a one place we can see a woman interacting with safe and unsafe elements with men with different types of men with different types of people what about a bar it can all happen in one place there can be a bathroom there can be a intimate moment shared with a loved one and there can be foreign elements and it can all place place itself in one place those are conversations you have when you're um Producing an indie film, right? You want to limit your exposure to uh, risks outside of where your safe spaces are. And if we can bring it all into one place, we were able to do so.
2: And I'd say the other thing, like when you say like, how far from yourself do you write and see the character, I think becomes a a question as well. (laughs) Um, And I definitely, people read me or us and they're like, oh, I hear you in this. Like, Yeah, I do have a very specific like, Sense of witty banter or cadence or something that I find both, you know, has that sense of me in it. Of course, it does. I you know, I co-wrote it, but I also wanted to bring an actor on who, from the get-go, came with their own point of view. Yeah. Um. And I think also just the way we shot it, giving Nora the ability to, by not giving her a face immediately, giving her the ability to be everyone. To for the audience to relate to her and to see things through her so that they are rooting for her to survive.
6: Right. I think we really wanted her to be just like a normal, a normal girl in the Midwest who really has her uh, stuff together, so to speak, but, you know, is faced with the realities of life, just like everyone else. And that, you know, you, you're, we're all going through the same things and and, and so as any, any people who are even strong on the outside are dealing with the same things everybody else is.
5: I think like to piggyback off of both of you guys, um, or all three of you, uh, that there were a lot of secrets that I, as Danielle, were trying to like shake from like, but like he needs to know that she was sexually assaulted in the bathroom. Like tell the boyfriend, you know, like just tell him. Like. But he just thinks or knows. Like I, I was under the impression from reading the script and bringing Nora to the page that, like, or to the to the screen, is that, uh, you know, he knew about Nora's surgery. Does he know about the sexual assault? Definitely not in my my choice, the choice that I had made. Now that could have been, um, you know, interpreted in any way, shape, or form by the audience or by you know. Emily or Joanne or, or um, you know, uh, Kason or Carrie. But, like, for me, I was like, okay, Danielle, jump back into Nora's shoes. This is a secret. Like, you know the secret because you know the story. But to, to kind of have that in the back of your mind and then shift into Nora and then, like, live in that space of he doesn't know um, was was kind of a that's that was a tough that was a tough one because you know we sit and we know we read from the front to the end and we know the whole so we hold the whole story but to like keep those secrets and that's what i loved about the script is there was there was that secret on top of the secret and yeah. um, people not knowing and, and it, it, i mean the universal the whole the major universal thing about this is that it's just you never know who and what people are going through. And like when they're going through it, they were in that way or the pain, you, you just have no idea and you'll never know. And just, I guess just to have that compassion is essentially like what the, the end all be all is. But I think that that was kind of part, part of like the understanding of Nora and how, you know, when it was, when she was developed uh, to kind of figure out, whoa those are big secrets how do you keep them how do you not reveal you know that throughout the the scenes so that was part, really you know of course that's the fun part of acting <laughs> you know it's like identifying you know what what the character knows that you're connecting with and what they don't and then you know how how you you know reach that dialogue authenticity is essentially like why i love to do what i do <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I saw on IMDb that you're you're a writer and director as well, Danielle, right? Does Does that help you inform your characters then? Um, you know, help her? I don't
5: know because I, you know, I have to say this set. Um, I had come off of a shoot, and I, you know, I do a lot of directing and, and producing my own stuff. So, like, I have a comedy series called Tab at the TV, and you know, coming into this space and just being an actor was such a bittersweet moment where I was just showing up. All I had to do was be Nora. All I had to do was listen to, you know, Emily and Carrie and connect with, you know, the producers, everybody like that. And that was, that was an obstacle in itself because when you come from a place where you wear all the hats, I was like, I had to take all these hats off because I was like, I'd be sitting scene and like the gaffer would be like, over me and carrie would be like okay move the light of this way and, like he couldn't hear her or something and i'd be like no, she said move it this way a little bit and down like i was like kind of you know in this like danielle stop doing all the other things and just be nora and so that was such a um it was a it was <laughs> it was a battle that i like fought myself like during lunch i would like go to my car and be like okay Let's just take it down and like focus on being Nora because of course with short films, like there's so many things that are going on. Who's getting lunch? Who's taping down the electricity thing? Like, so people don't trip, you know, like my brain was going in these like splattered moments of like concern. And like, I think like a producer and a director, and then also like, okay, well, where's the angle. And then there were moments of waves where I was like, okay, no, this is great. But like, just be Nora. And so I have to say that that was like a very large obstacle of mine given that I, you know, come from a background of doing multiple things on set.
1: Oh, well, I'm not I'm not sure if John's going to be back. So. <laughs> oh, no. Uh,
6: John, we oh, miss you.
1: John, thank you. Um they lose internet. <laughs> yeah, he's, he 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 sent me a message and said he is having tech issues that he's uh, still working on. So I'm not sure uh, if Oh, uh, oh I, I thought maybe he was here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. is John, I'm back. <laughs> <Yay! Hey>.
0: <laughs> Sorry <laughs> we guys. We were
1: missing you. <laughs> no
0: worries. We you. I
4: everything's okay.
0: Yeah, everything's fine. Um I ran into some tech issues. I actually had to dissect the problem. I found the problem. But still, I do apologize for not allowing myself to be able to be on as much as I wanted to or anything. But I just want to say this. um, I do appreciate the time that you took to spend with Beth to be able to be be able to answer some of her questions because she was very she I mean, she was just awesome with this review that she did. For this she was just ecstatic as I was, and I and not to mention she her and I both use the word ballsy in this movie because of the fact it is a ballsy movie, it is a ballsy way of actually telling a story about a woman who has cervical cancer who's actually going through the emotions, going through PDSD, not only going through PDSD, but also feels like a gremlin's crawled up inside of her and everything, too, where she doesn't know how to cope with it, and then she has her partner who has to rely, she is relying on her partner. Then also, too, I like the old man at the bar. The old man at the bar, to me, feels President, like George Corlin, to be honest with you.
4: He, did he, have that, he has like, that
0: kind of mentality.
4: That kind of vibe about him. Yeah, yes. He's
5: a very smooth man in real he life. And love love like I can see <laughs> that, though. I can really
0: see that. But you know what, guys? You guys have a very special film, a very special talent. I'm sorry that I wasn't able to get the full hour in like I wanted to with y'all and everything. But here's the thing. I would love for you to guys come back on again sometime in the future when you have another film coming out and things like that. And you guys are wonderful together. You guys work beautifully together. And it's very cohesive, the way that you guys do things. The production of it, from the production to the cinematography, to the writing, to the directing, you guys are a great team. And you guys are outstanding at what you guys do to be able to tell a 10-minute story, and it's probably one of the hardest things to actually do because I know that, you know, when it comes down to production, when it comes down to producing, it's like, I have to cut this out, but I have to leave this here, and it's hard to leave certain elements on there on the cutting room ground and everything, and so that way it can feel cohesive to where it can feel like it has moving body parts. And everything. And I know that's the most challenging thing to do with a 10 minute film, but you guys do it so great. I just want to point that out there.
4: Thank that you. is so very kind. You're very, you're very, very, very welcome. kind. And Thank you, Tom.
0: You're very welcome. You all are very welcome.
4: We work with each other. That's the thing. We were all just immensely proud of, thankful that we all were together on this Danielle, Carrie, Joanna, Emily, everyone. All, everyone.
2: Ian and Ian. I was unable to be here. And Ian.
4: Yeah. Uh, Foley artist Nikki Grass, uh, Kirsten, who worked in the art department. There's so we many people. We had a really
2: wonderful team, and it was. You really- guys are
0: great. <laughs> and Danielle, I just want to say your acting is really, really great. To be honest you. with you, you're very welcome.
4: Here, here. Thank you here.
0: You guys are very talented. I'm looking forward to the next time to have you guys on the show to where I'm not having ticket issues.
1: <laughs> but
0: you know, I just wanted to tell Beth to thank you for stepping in when I wasn't able to. Yes.
1: I'm so glad. I'm so Never glad heard. that you invited me on, John. You're welcome to, to come back and interview everybody because th- this film was so affecting to me. I was so affected by it, and I thought about it a lot for a long time afterwards and then when I rewatched it again before the interview I watched it several times again and I'm and I still was thinking about it all day and like thinking of questions and writing them down and trying to remember that I wanted to ask about this and ask about that because I, I mean just every minute of that film was it seemed important and authentic and I and I really mm-hmm. loved the way it told Nora's story I think it was very I think it uh, I think the way that that you guys did it was it honored her in such a way but it's honoring every woman that because I think there's something that everybody all women all people can find in that film and say that's 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 my story that that's happened to me And maybe it'll start a dialogue. I I hope it does. I I hope we see more films like this. Me too.
0: Because having a movie that sticks with you. And then you're over there just thinking about it throughout your week and everything. And being able to uh, relate to it. That's something that you know you have something that's special. And something that you want to share with the rest of the world and everything. And that's the beauty of storytelling. And you guys do a fantastic job on it. And we can't praise you guys enough on the time that you guys took with it. And thank you, Emily, for reaching out to me to be able to 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 be able to review this film. I feel privileged to be able to be talking to you and talking about this film.
2: Thank you guys so much. I'm so very touched. I was going to say, I think you both have watched our film more than our parents combined. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've watched
0: it at least 20
1: times, you know, just to get... Gosh, That's oh, go that that perspective of between it? the two yeah between the review and and now yeah yeah thank you.
0: you're very that welcome and uh once again thank you so much for being doing this and being a guest on my show it means so much to me thank you beth for uh taking your time out of the night to be able to do this interview as well and where can everybody follow you guys at if you guys are uh, on social media if you want other people that are maybe inspired to be film writers actresses or anything like that where can they follow you at
2: i guess i'll go first um i'm really easy to find i'm one of two people with my name uh Emily. <laughs> last name is l-e-r-e-r and if you look me up google me it's me or it's some other woman who's married to the gentleman who runs the thrill list, and that is not me the other one Emily J Lair or emilylair.com. We'll either get you to my website. Um, my Instagram is Emily J emilyjlair. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm easily findable, which is both a good and a bad thing, I guess.
4: <laughs> I'm also easily findable at Case and Wise, uh, Instagram websites, etc.
6: And I'm on Joanna Fang Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> on Instagram, I'm O S. F-A-N-G-S, that one. There's a lot of Joanna fangs.
5: (laughs) Danielle? Okay. Um, <laughs> at Daniel Argyros. there's, I don't know. I haven't looked up if there's more people like me with the last name, but um, at Daniel Argyros on IG. And then if you want to check out my comedy series, that's happening now. It drops a mini every Monday. It's at Tabitha TV. And uh, it's a little bit of a different uh, genre than this, than this short.
0: <laughs> okay. And Beth, where can everybody reach you at?
1: Or you can find me at the hashtag. This one? Right here? Where is it? Right there. Oh, yeah. right there. <laughs> I'm at the Made for TV Movie Club podcast. And you can find me wherever wherever you find podcasts. And you can Google the hashtag and find me.
4: And Carrie?
3: Uh, I'm on Instagram at, at Carrie Morgan Media.
0: All right. And everybody, you guys can go in here and follow me underneath... Facebook at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Night over there underneath the same brand name on Instagram and on Pinterest as well. Of course, if you want an audio-only podcast episode of this show and many shows that we do here, you guys can get that where you guys, guys get your major podcasts from. Also, too, I also teamed up with two Blur Girls podcasts and also Scentsy with St. Jude's Children's Hospital. All proceeds go over to St. Jude's Children's Hospital so you guys can go on ahead get yourself a Scentsy. All proceeds go over there. Then, of course, guys, if you want to, go on ahead. If you want to donate to my page and everything, you guys don't have have to but simple like a simple share smashing the subscribe button and everything else goes, goes along way over here at movie lovers night but if you choose to do so all you have to do is just go to movie love uh, go to www.gofundme.com forward slash movie lovers podcast and that's how you can donate five to ten dollars over here at us just to keep the lights on here on here at movie lovers tonight and then of course you guys can go on ahead and follow me on Twitter at Unit over there. Of course, on TikTok as well at Unit one And then you guys can also email me at MovieLoversUnite at gmail.com if you're a sponsor. If you'd like to be on the show, that's how you can reach out to me over there. I do have another show coming up. Hopefully, cross his fingers, I won't have any tech issues or anything like that. But Alex from A-Town Reviews and I are going to be doing a trick-or-treat uh, review. So we're going to be doing that in a, um, maybe 10, maybe 15 minutes from now. But still, go ahead, jump on over there if you guys choose to do so, and then of course go over to Good Pods. What's Good Pods? I'm glad that you guys asked. Go over <laughs> to Good Pods. It's a it's a great place that you guys can go on ahead, rate each individual episode that we do here at Movie Lovers' Night. And we can interact with you guys telling you, and even if you think that the podcast sucks or whatever, write that down so the way we can actually take notes on how to make it better for you guys. But <laughs> go over to Good Pods, and it's a great place for us with social media and things like that to be able to interact with you guys to let us know how we're doing here at Movie Lovers Unite. Of course, smashing that like button, smashing the subscribe button goes a long way. We're also releasing some DC fandom stuff of movie trailers that came out during the weekend. Matter of fact, we have one dropping at 11 o'clock Central Time tomorrow. It's going to be the Black Adam trailer. So go on ahead check that out tomorrow morning on our YouTube channel. And always again, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. And thank you so much, guys, once again, for being on this show. It means so much to us to being be able to make this a part of your night. I hope that you guys have a good rest of your evening with your families and everything. And thanks again. Always until next time, guys, have a great night and bye-bye. Thanks, guys.